from Variety, celebrating more than 117 years covering the business of entertainment. This is the Award Circuit Podcast. I am a realist. I'm a realist in every way. I look in the mirror, I see what I look like, and I look like me. They both had a different, they both had that golden age of Hollywood. And therefore, I always felt that their careers were impossible to even come near. And when they called my name that day, all of a sudden, my parents became my colleagues. And it evened it all out a little, and it made me realize that I bought the same bullshit of the golden age, because it wasn't a golden age. It was just hard work, hustle, heartbreak, alcoholism, drug addiction, betrayal, infidelity, violence, great fortune, miracle moments, and that my mother ended up in a movie that became the number one movie on your variety list. Now an Oscar nominee, Jamie Lee Curtis is looking at Hollywood icons, including her own mother, but in a much different kind of light. I'm Clayton Davis. On this episode of the award-winning Variety Award Circuit podcast, we talk to Everything Everywhere All at Once star, Jamie Lee Curtis, about her first ever Oscar nomination, and the outspoken superstar doesn't hold back. Also on this episode, a chat with Oscar-nominated Puss in Boots Last Witch director, Joel Crawford, on taking the animated cat beyond the original. But first, on the Award Circuit Roundtable, we dissect the Grammys, including the debate over Album of the Year, and we also dig into the Oscar screenplay categories. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. And welcome back, everybody. I am your friend, Michael Schneider, TV editor at Variety, along with Janelle Riley. Friend. By the way, superstar Janelle Riley, pick up your issue of uh, oh, Variety. There she is on the back, inside back cover. Yes, I'm. I mean, I've been in Variety, I guess, the last ten years with my but, name, but yeah, my big effing face taking up a whole page ad. So, so if you she's send, always acting up, that Janelle. <laughs> yes. If you send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Variety, <laughs> no one Janelle will will sign it. She'll dedicate it. She'll send it back to you. Did you just get new headshots? Uh, you know, I mm-hmm. want to show my range. So there's a photo of me eating a taco. and There's a photo of me with a baseball bat. And <laughs> happy to share those. Jazz Tankay has also had quite a few house ads, but it's like yes. a, it's like a drawing version of jazz. Have you noticed that? It's like an illustration. It is very yes. classy. Anna, yeah. I actually it's... asked for that. I asked for them to jazz me up. And they said no. They said they're working on it. So <laughs> by, by 2024. There's... For the next newsletter yeah. ad. I love it. There's um, only one jazz. But by the way, if you want Janelle to sign it, you could also find her at the next Q&A that she does and yes. just be like. <laughs> That's true. By the way, how is your newsletter not called All That Jazz? <gasps> Oh, I mean, mean, we got chain TM right now and just (laughs) we'll have a meeting right after this. (laughs) And of course, made of clay. Oh, I was wondering if there would be a pun. Clayton Davis. They're so malleable. I don't like our illustrated photos. Me and Mike specifically, because on our columns, they use a black and white version. And it really. It doesn't. It 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 ages us. It really ages (laughs) us. Well, you have a good headshot, though. I have a good headshot now. That original headshot that they used to do that illustration is not a good photo yeah my... if, if i had your headshot i would be okay with you said you have my head i have a <laughs> yes. huge i have a huge head i, I have a giant head as yeah. well yeah 
Yeah. All right. Well, now that we've, moved, yeah, yeah, now that we've gotten through all that, and yeah. we're done. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week. This has Bye. been Head Talk. With Thanks yeah. for tuning into the award. This has been the Puntastic yes. Hour. Right, listen, this is what we need to do. All right. All right. Set, the, set the, the floor right now. Set the stage. We are not on any sides of the music industry right now. We are not Harry or or Beyonce <laughs> pro or against. Like, let's not. lay that out right now. We are all safe. We're in a safe space. But oh my god, what an upset! <laughs> are you talking about <laughs> album, of the, album year. of the year? Harry Styles won album of the year at the Grammys over Beyonce. Renaissance. Uh, Beyonce is now the most awarded artist in Grammy history and has never won any. She won one major category in that time frame, but never album of the year. Really? And what I had said was, I think there were like a good five that felt viable. Harry was one of those five. I was petrified they were going to give it to ABBA, though. <laughs> I thought they were, you don't put it past them, they, yeah, right? They gave it to Beck, like yeah, over That's the Lemony right. yeah. year. Right? Well, remember the year yeah. that they gave it to Steely Dan? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, Wait, I'm confused, and forgive me because sure. all my film and TV knowledge has pushed any music knowledge yeah. out of my head. But how was? Did ABBA release a new album? Yes. They released an album called Voyage last Grammys year. Grammys is the time so. of the year where you learn yes. that music <laughs> has continued for a lot of people, like the year of Beck. When he won, I was like, I didn't know he still made music. And he does. Wow. Um, but yeah, ABBA had a had an album. It came out and uh, was nominated for a bunch of Grammys. I mean, I love ABBA. They're a great palindrome. Yeah. But, I haven't yeah. listened to their new stuff yet. But yeah, uh, Sunny Upset. Everyone thought it was Beyonce's year. And Alas, it was not. Yeah. To your point about ABBA possibly winning, mm-hmm. I thought that was that could have happened when Bonnie Raitt won. That's the one I yeah, heard. When, yeah, when they were doing like the, you know what, we're just going to give it to. That's when we knew the, 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 the night took a turn. <laughs> yeah. That was right the at that moment. Who yeah. was anticipated to win over Bonnie Raitt? Everyone. Uh, yeah, I, mean, like, I think it was pretty, I mean, it was Beyonce. I think actually we predicted, uh, Chris Woolman and I did predictions. I think we predicted uh, as it was. Oh. Uh, um, or the upset pick was Adele. Easy on me. And or even Lizzo, <laughs> right, right, or, or Brandy Carlisle, wow. right? Carlisle. I mean, there was Brand, actually Brandy Carlisle seemed like the safe choice for album of the year. Just looking ahead, like that, you know, that's the type of art. First of all, I think I love Brandy Carlisle. Like I, like I know she's not into me. <laughs> <laughs> she she can't be. But I found myself like I just love her music. I'm very attracted to just talent, musical talent. I've always been. Are we only allowed to like yeah. artists that we think would be into us? Because yes. there's, yes. there's a lot of yes. movies I'm yeah. not going to be able to appreciate anymore. <laughs> but no, I, I think Brandy Carlisle's like just super talented. And yeah. Um, but yeah, when you look at the the Grammy, what what they were doing, Bonnie Raitt really yeah. was the turn that of the evening that we were like, oh no, it's it's not going well. And then uh, Beyonce was also late to the ceremony. <laughs> she missed at the first award. So. Oh my gosh! I can I just say what a BS lie though of like there's traffic. No, no, you're Beyonce. Traffic does not affect you <laughs> going to the Grammys. You can't. Right. I think but there was a ta- she, she just teleports, right? Yeah. Like, there's no way. She would have helicoptered in or yeah. something. She, yeah. she was just late because she was late. She knows yeah. how to make That's a it. difference. Yep. Yeah. And she did. Um, and by the way, where one of – I read this and I don't know because I never know because 91 categories and they give about 12 on the on the main ceremony. One of the ones that Beyonce won was given out already earlier in the day. Is that true? Or yeah, before they, pre-ceremony. Yeah. yeah, like isn't that how we learned that Viola Davis was an egot? That's yes, hers but, was but I think the one that Beyonce like accepted that tied it 
I think had already been announced. So they like read the nominees like no one was going to know who won already. Huh. Yeah, I mean they give out the majority of them, yeah, beforehand. So, but um, yeah, it was. I mean, I think a pretty good show, though. I uh, on balance, very, I, I mean, listen, the, guys, we have our purpose now. We are going to get that hip hop medley to go on tour, yeah, yes. and purchase every ticket. That available. was amazing. Yeah, I again have no idea what you're all talking about because movie stuff in the brain. So just, just look. Someone it up. send me a link. <laughs> it's, it's 50 years of hip hop, which wow. was preceded by a nice disclaimer from LL Cool J <laughs> that said. <laughs> We couldn't get everybody on the stage and into this, so don't worry. Right. I, I think people already knew yeah. that this was happening and were very upset about it. Will Smith was actually supposed to be in it. I did yeah. hear about that. See, if it's movie-related or movie-adjacent, I, I okay. know these things. But speaking of LL Cool J, I did know about that because I just watched Deep Blue Sea again over the weekend. I love that movie. <laughs> Isn't that movie terribly yeah. great? Oh, it's, it's, yes. it's incredible. Yes, and I, was, and I actually downloaded his rap. Um, over the end credits. So deepest bluest, my head is yes, like a shark's. Fan. There you go. <laughs> and the other thing about LL Cool J is, once you see him lick his lips as often as yeah. he does, you will never unsee him licking his yeah. lips. Is that a thing? Is yeah. that like David Caruso? With the I was sunglasses? watching with yeah. Jessica, and literally when he came out, she was like, "How long until you look at?" There it goes. Yep. <laughs> before he even got the to before yeah. he even got to the yeah. microphone, I noticed that too. It's <laughs> no. like he's already like. It's like why does he have the driest lips yeah. in all of Hollywood? The poor also- guy. 55 years old. He no amazing. way. That's insane. Amazing. Incredible. Yeah. Like, man. But the other concert I want is the Super Bowl halftime show from last year with Mary J. I mean, yeah. And Dre. I mean, that's... Any 90s themed, like, medley <laughs> yeah. is good for These me. Concerts. Mary yeah. J. Blige was in a movie and an Oscar nominee, so I, I know about... Oh, yeah. She was also <laughs> yes. nominated for a ton of uh, Grammys. Grammys. Yes, she was. Yeah. Um, just to <laughs> g- give, some, uh, give you some... Uh, Context here, just for Janelle only. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I'm gonna do what Michael does and zone out while y'all talk. The, 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 the big, the big things that happen. Uh, pop duo group went to Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Kim is the first transgendered uh, person to win. That's been debated. Is it any category? That, or category. that category. I think it was that category. That category, because, that category yeah. right? There was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because that was like a little bit of a debate out there. But yes, uh, first one ever to win that category, which that performance killed on the show. It was great that then Fox News uh, used as a headline to point out that <laughs> we're trying to get kids to worship Satan. <laughs> which I think makes it even better. Yep. So, which I loved it. Cheers to them. Um, Adele beat Harry Styles in Pop Solo, you know, for Easy On Me. Uh, best New Artist. This is where they list 10 names that I know so little of. I knew Anita and I knew Samara Joy, who won the category. I didn't really know much of it. Well, and half the time they uh, nominate people who have actually been recording for like a decade. Like, yeah, An- right? Anita is like yeah. not She's new. not new. <laughs> That's not new. And I saw that debate out there. Uh, Song of the Year went to Bonnie Raitt. I had a rank yeah, seventh so, of ten. So that's the songwriter category. So it actually goes to the songwriters. But n- nonetheless, that given out by Jill Biden, by the way. What? Jill Biden went uh, to the show. Good God, I've been uh, in a vacuum. But somewhere. record of the year, which is the actual recording. I mean, that I think did go to the right person, Lizzo, with about damn time, yeah. which was you know the song of the summer last year, and and really deserve that. So so that was a win. And wait, because I, mean, I think you're explaining this so much. Better and I want to make sure I really understand. So, song of the year is for the writing yeah. lyrics of it. Yeah, and, and then record, record of the year, year is, is the recording, is the, recording. the thing that you listen to. So, so that's like the really yeah. gets that. Or? So yeah, no, the producers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But Lizzo the, accepted. Speaking in best picture, best actor terms, how do these line up? <laughs> I mean, record of the year, I guess, would be 
like Best Picture, but also if they gave it to the director automatically. Yeah. yeah. Like, so it's like there. the PGA, the DGA combined. So, yeah. Yes. And then I don't be confused by then Album of the Year, which is the entire collection of like the traditional album. Wait, there's a record and album? Yeah. That'd be like, yeah. and song. That would be so like Picture of the Year, right? Album of the Year would be there's equivalent a, to Picture, right? So go to like the oh, DP. I guess, yeah. Album would be Picture because it's all the songs. Record of the Year is like a particular scene <laughs> right. of the movie. I'm yes. more confused yeah. than yeah. when I yeah. sat down. <laughs> Yeah. And then song of the year would be the equivalent of the, I guess, the screenplay of oh, a scene. Just of that scene. Thank yeah. you for dumbing it down for Ooh. Janelle. Thank God none of us are on the music team because this would be the end of variety <laughs> music right now. Um, but, uh, you know, and then the show ended with DJ Khaled. Like Jay Z out and, on the street. Well, thank, thankfully, Jay Z. They should have promoted it as a Jay Z performance because that's what it was. It wasn't DJ Khaled. Well, He's just standing there saying, "Another one." So <laughs> let's just point out here that the Grammys made a grave mistake, which was, I think they were building around a Beyonce moment at the end. Oh that yeah, didn't, we that didn't come because there's no reason why Jay Z ends the show with DJ Khaled. It like, doesn't kind of make sense. Where it yeah. was, unless they thought Beyonce was going to win, and it would be like a great lead-in. Stop yeah. building things around what predicting winners. Gonna... Have we learned nothing? Because that was, that was a pre-record, obviously. Was it? I, I think so, right? I don't know if it was. Maybe. You know, it looked like a pre-record, but then the in the end, it actually looked like it was live. But unless they recorded it like a little earlier and like during in the middle of the show, that would probably that's probably what they were doing. Why Beyonce was late? I was going to say maybe that's why they were late. Maybe. But <laughs> there's a, by the way, this great video <laughs> of Beyonce walking into the Grammys and she has like 30 people around her. And then behind her is Jay-Z, who's essentially by himself. <laughs> and they were like, guys, you have to protect him, too. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Ben Affleck? Sorry to just like. OK, that I, w- I was familiar now with. Now you know yes. this, right? Because he's he's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> just being like every time they cut to him, he just looked like he wanted to be a Dunkin Donuts. Uh, yeah. Or a watching. Can episode. you blame him? Yeah. Who wouldn't want to be a Dunkin Donuts <laughs> rather than there? <laughs> J Lo also looked incredible. She kills yeah. that red carpet, but yeah. she looks so good. And she's seventy-two. Did you realize <laughs> that? <laughs> Actually, she's fifty-two, right? Like really, 52. no, she really yeah, is fifty-two. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, she's bananas. It's it's amazing. Um, and then just to give you the album of the year. Uh, went to Harry Styles, which I had ranked fifth. Uh, Beyonce was <laughs> one. Brandy Carlisle, two. Bad Bunny, three. And Adele, four. And I think the biggest flack that we can give, and I think was the most tone deaf thing, was when Harry Styles won. And he went up there and said, this doesn't happen to guys like me. <laughs> which we still don't know what he's referring to. Yeah. Yeah. Because we were like, uh I think it happens to exactly guys like right. you pretty often. Yeah, but we can you know do this. But a lot of uh, listen. The big thing with Beyonce losing, aside from her that Renaissance is great, is that a woman, ha- a black woman, has not won that category since Lauren Hill, Miseducation of Lauren wow. Hill, that in ninety nine. Crazy. That stop. is crazy. Just want to point out Harry Styles was in a couple movies last year, mm-hmm. so I'm familiar with his. Work. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you're, <laughs> yes. you're familiar with his work. <laughs> yes, and, and we're also familiar uh, of his uh, work in the gossip pages too <laughs> over the oh. past year. Trevor Noah like has really established himself right? so, as him. as a good host. Yeah. For oh the, yeah. Like, yeah, He like and he shouldn't on paper he doesn't fit because it's like why would you get Trevor Noah to host the Grammys? But he it did. perfectly. Aligns with everything yeah. that's going on. Yeah, I he's think I think so he makes sense on paper too. I mean, he's young, he's fresh, he's irreverent, he's smart. 
and knows the culture better yeah. than anyone. So, uh, Janelle, what you need to do also is uh, watch the opening, his opening monologue, which is a big game of please don't talk to me, Trevor Noah, from everyone in the audience. <laughs> like, oh, no, did no, you do audience interaction? That's yes. Like, oh, he was, yeah. like everyone like, no. just not making eye contact. No. Remember like, the Onion article, oh, no, the actors are coming into the audience? That is my Coleman Domingo had a great tweet. He was oh, like, where's Coleman. everyone's game face right now? Because everyone's not using it. Especially like after Beyonce won that first award, people were like, mm. they had the press lips. It was uh, – yeah. yeah, it was very vis- visible. Except Taylor Swift, she played. Oh she, yeah, she played a lot. Taylor Swift also yeah. an actress. Yeah. <laughs> she did a movie last year. So, oh, all too well. Yes, that's music what she's... video of the year. Yeah, by the way. really. Yep. Aww. So no Oscar short film, but music video of the year for a Grammy. That was quite works. a good short film. Yes. Yeah, and her album wasn't eligible uh, this year. Midnight. Mid- right. Mid- midnight. So midnight. wait until next year. It's going to be a T-Swizzle uh, Grammy. People, people will be upset Well, that again. Grammys window is really... It's weird. That much weird. I do know about the yeah. Grammys. They have a weird window because it's, it's, it's like songs from five years ago sometimes get in. Well, and Kanto won. Yeah, Kanto. Yeah. Well, that makes kind of sense. And Kanto won too, it was, which is great. Well, um, and, and what's weird is then the, the Sam Smith, the uh, Kim Petras song, I thought was pretty recent. I did too. I think it is. But, I, I, guess, I, I guess when they... I don't know what counts as your release. Like when you play a Hot 97, I'm using New York. Uh, yeah, no, every, every yeah. town has a Hot 97, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pretty sure. You know, um, like what counts as like you released it? Or is it Spotify? Yeah. Mm. No, and that's that's where sometimes singles come out like months before the album. So sometimes singles will be eligible one year, but then the album's eligible another uh, year. Yeah. And you're like, that album's still around? And yeah, it's, yeah. it is weird. I'm still but. bitter about Backstreet Boys Millennium losing album of the year that year. <laughs> That was a, that's their best album. It's the greatest. You gotta album. let it go. It's one of my top five. You gotta let uh, it go. Does yeah. anyone know what won like best Broadway soundtrack? Because that's Into the Woods. Oh, interesting. Wow. Not, not you were not a Strange Loop. You were just just because I did it. Like, I did the predictions with Chris, and I was really like going through a, a bunch of them. Like, there's very few I can't tell you. Um, but yeah, uh, Into the Woods, which was kind of. Which Chris was adamant that it was going to win, and I was like, "Very oh, solid was, choice." I it was. It, yeah. I thought it was going to be Strange Loop, and it yeah. uh, it won. So good, good for that. And then uh, Encanto won score and um, an album for music, beating Elvis. Wow. Oh. But yeah, All right. well, All right. there you go. There's Grammys. Next on the docket is. Uh, what do we have here? Makeup and hairstyling. Awards? Makeup and hairstyling, which can have can can give us indicators of where races might be headed. That, that race, like there are many races, along with screenplay, that are just utterly up for anyone to to win. And I think on paper we're like Elvis, probably, but it's never that easy. No, <laughs> you know. So, I, 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 what what do you think is happening this week, Jazz, with makeup and hairstylist guild? I don't know. I mean, I wonder if the whale is still going to win. Pretty there. fantastic work in the whale, and it I'm is very picky about prosthetics. It's incredible. But then you look too, at Batman. It, 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 come, it come up very cartoony yeah. sometimes. Yeah, they did and a great job. Yeah, but then you look at something like Batman, which got three nominations at the Guild, and it's like this film still lands with them. So I wonder whether that's going to get prosthetics, which it, would take away from. The whale it's all Even, it's all quiet nominated yes stuff? oh it my is. gosh yeah. i was i talked to yeah. the makeup artist about all the different kinds of mud they made oh. it's really fascinating you know it, 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 it's very interesting because that category um has traditionally gone along when it's 
when it's tied when an actor is winning, mm-hmm. it usually ties to uh, a, a winning That's performance. Why, yeah. That's why you're like Brendan Fraser. Kind of makes sense. Didn't or Jessica Austin Chastain Ball. last year? Yep. Yeah. Jessica Chastain, Meryl Streep for Iron Lady. Yeah. Uh, it didn't happen for Judy. It got nominated though, right? Which is surprising yeah. actually because yeah. that was Because that was really a transformation. So, I mean, I think on paper you're like, oh, Elvis or the Whale. But All Quiet, I feel like it's going to do some I'm damage sorry. below the line. It's not no- nominated. It's not nominated. No. no stand corrected. Ooh. So, Ooh. so then that actually makes things even worse now because we won't know for sure what happens because it's going to probably win BAFTA with its 14 nominations. That's crazy. Oh, God. Right. Have you heard of All Quiet on the Western Front, Michael Schneider? I read the book in uh, wow. junior high school. Jun- wait, wow. junior high? Is that a junior high book? Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. I think so. Oh, I don't think I've ever read it. It's I, I, deep. Oh, really? Yeah. It's violent, too. Yeah. I don't violent. know. I don't, loved I, it. I don't know words. <laughs> Have you seen, so you haven't seen it? I haven't seen this, no. Have you, you seen don't. any films this week? Hmm. What's Michael watching? Sorry to. Um, did you see the bat? <laughs> I saw American Graffiti from 1973. Oh, yeah. Wait, which I've kids? seen before. Um, but that was our, our movie of the week with, with the, kids? the kids. Yep. Oh, Have you watched the menu yet with the kids? No, have not. I don't know um, if the kids are going to like it. Yeah, that's more, I think they're going to love it. Isn't it more of a, a thriller, though? I, they're, they're not big thriller fans. I mean, they're fans of Die Michael Hard. Jackson thriller, but... <laughs> I mean, they should love Die Hard. Uh, have you seen the Batman yet? Yeah. Uh, did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was uh, well, fine. It was fine. It was just long. Like it was every, long. Like, like every movie. Yeah. Like, have, you, uh, have you seen Elvis yet? Yes. So let's uh, just quick discussion about Elvis. I think it actually leads will lead into screenplay discussion. Elvis is one of those movies, like many movies this year, that ranges from you told me it won nothing on the night. I believe you, and if you told me it was the most awarded movie of the night, I would believe you. Right, depends how just people are feeling. But we've been saying for a while that it's it's truly a crowd pleaser at all oh. the different screenings, mm-hmm. all the different like Academy the events. Yeah. The Folks are are screaming, which you know, it's the music fun. It's not my favorite Baz Luhrmann film by far. I mean, I've yeah. got many more favorites than that. It's probably many more way down. I mean, yeah, like four movies. I, I, I <laughs> you like it more than Australia? Been, been probably. Yeah, I think that's about it. <laughs> I love but Australia. By the no, way, no, nobody. I, I do. I mean, do you like Australia? Uh, Romeo and Juliet versus Moulin Rouge. I can't yeah. take. I do Romeo and Juliet. Yep. I, I agree. Really I, I, that movie. is my favorite soundtrack of he all the best Baz director movies. at BAFTA for Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. As well, he favorite, should. Like, fact. I like The Great Gatsby, though. I actually really like The Great Gatsby. I like The yeah, Great Gatsby. Yeah, I think, I think he was the perfect person yeah. to adapt mm-hmm. it. But I'm also in the minority who thinks Tom uh, Hanks is good in Elvis. Well, let me put it this way. I think Tom Hanks knows exactly what he's doing mm. in Elvis, and okay. he has made choices. And Is that a good thing? Um, I mean, look, I was entertained. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the colonel himself is such a put on, you know, like it, it, he was, he was always performing. True. He was, degree. he was a yeah, cartoon yeah. character yeah. in real life. Wasn't so why really not? A colonel wasn't real. Like, you know, none of these things he pretended to be. Yeah. So. yeah. And just that I think the mileage on your take on his performance varies on what you feel about the makeup job because the makeup is very divisive some people are like this is like beautiful transformation some people are like this is a lot of stuff <laughs> on, on hands, <laughs> you know so i think that that could obviously do uh contribute to it but in looking now with with screenplay banshees is another movie that i feel 
uh, ranges from zero to nine because it's the second most nominated movie. My column this week, which will be out by this time, I think there is a moment we could see where Banshees wins Best Picture and Best Picture only. Mm, I have, it would be the fourth movie in history to do that. There have been three. I think Colin Farrell has a really good shot at winning. He, he does. Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Banshees is like second or third, like in every category that it's nominated in, except for like film editing. So like, it's like, yeah, it can win stuff. Watch it win film editing. I know. Watch it win <laughs> film editing. It's, it's, it's what always happens. But yeah, I think there's just um, – I think there's a pathway for it in a lot of places, but because Best Picture is a preferential ballot, it is a movie like Banshee's Best Friend, which is why Top Gun is heavily considered to be a winner uh, because preferential ballot does wonders. Mm. Don't get me started on preferential ballots. Are you are you anti? I am. Really? I say wow. pick one. And Ooh, go forward. I, like- I don't. I feel like I'm not going to say it has because I, I haven't been unhappy with like any of the best picture winners in recent mm-hmm. years. But it feels like it's geared to reward mediocrity. I mm, not mediocrity. Yeah. middle of the road. I yes, it is. It rewards most liked, not most loved, for sure. Because I, I always say, giveth and it taketh away. It gives us Parasite and Moonlight. Thank you, but it also gives us Green Book. For people who don't like Green Book, I, I like Green Book, and that's a hot take. But <laughs> a lot of uh, hot takes I, today. I, I, I do. I, I like Green Book. Like, I, I, I mean, should it have won Best Picture? No, but I do. I think it's a good movie. Um, but yeah, the preferential ballot. Because listen, I know someone like like a studio like Netflix hates the preferential ballot because they yeah. would have won Best Picture twice already with Power of the Dog and Roma if it was one and done. See, this is interesting because I actually think Moonlight and Parasite would have won if you, you just had so? to pick one movie. I think that those Ooh. had the passion votes as well. It's interesting. Mm. Interesting. But uh, now going to original screenplay, uh, Banshees versus Everything Everywhere versus Tar. Are we underestimating Tar, by the way? I wonder. Didn't we say this last week? Talk about this last week, right? Because it won London Film Critics recently. It's won LA, New York, and National Society. It's won all the quote-unquote snooty critics awards. It is a conservative, like – academic choice it's also a way to reward todd field if Mm. if you're not going to vote for him for director or maybe he is the director choice because maybe that's a way to if you're not super passionate about the fablemans for whatever reason and everything everywhere has one too many hot dog fingers for your liking why wouldn't it be todd field like todd field has consistently been there against some really stiff competition so yeah it could be anyone's game it has editing Right. It has editing I, and it has some, it overperformed. It's got everything. Like maybe it is just like moving in that direction. So I, it's just I get so tired of trying to put that little accent mark over the A in all I my stories. <laughs> Dar. Uh, Tar and Ruben Ashlin. Yes. The, the two dots over the yeah. U. Yeah, I'm not not fans of these. My phone can spell Tar. This now, week's but... guest, Ruben Osloon. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, he actually that, will be on later yeah. and he's great. But yes, I know that the, the umlaut is tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this just in Lydia Tar is the new conductor of the LA Philharmonic <laughs> now that uh, Gustavo is leaving. So. Have you seen Tar? <laughs> not not yet. It's on, okay, it's on Peacock now. Oh, look at that. It's on TV. Oh, anymore. there you go. Okay, now that's a TV, now that's a now TV it's on movie. TV. I will <laughs> actually check it out. Do a nice double, double uh, 
feature with uh, Poker Face and Tar. <laughs> I think that will really open Poker Face is fantastic, yeah. by the you way. You can tell Mike hasn't seen Tar because he has her down as the L.A. Philharmonic. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, spoiler yes. alert. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, she doesn't die. Yeah. It's a film. It's not real. Yeah. I know. She has an ego. What are you she, talking about? She, she might be real. <laughs> uh, lastly, adapted screenplay. Women talking, like, is nominated for Best Picture, but so is All Quiet. And then Living... Is nominated for BAFTA, which All Quiet is, Women Talking is not. Mm. So, what are you leaving out? There's two more. Oh, the other two are, uh, oh my God, Top Gun Maverick and. Mm. Sorry, do, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Do, see, do, see do, all that music do, do, information do. took space oh, up Glass in your brain. Sorry. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, Glass Onion is adapted now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think Women Talking is a good way to give. Especially we have this year where no women were nominated for director. It's only one film not uh, directed by a woman in Best Picture. It kind of builds on that narrative. By the way, it's also an, a fantastic screenplay adaptation on top of that. Uh, but Living is a Nobel Prize winning, winning mm-hmm. author who wrote Remains of the Day. And I feel like there might be a lot of people that come out for that movie. Also, you give, get to give that movie something if you really love it. Because it's actually really great. We really love the film, right? It's sweet. I yeah. Love it. Did you see this week's Saturday Night Live where I they did. made a, a joke about how no one knows the titles of any of these films yeah. or TV shows? <laughs> Everyone still remembers the 80s and 90s classics, but like what was nominated last week? No clue. Name three movies from yeah. the last yes. five years. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a Marvel film. <laughs> but, by the way, last Top tra- Gun. A, 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 a great transition. And the last thing we talk about. Pedro Pascal wins an Emmy for SNL, right? Pedro, what he's on a he's roll. He is yeah. on top of everything right now. Yeah. Uh, Last of Us, I'm caught up now, guys. Oh, you are. I am. Did you weep at episode? Three? I didn't. Cr- I didn't cry. Monster. Um, I mean, it was like very beautiful. It was like such. A, it is uh, what I say to Jessica. I said this is my boy from Six B. I think of the year. It's so well written. Mm. It's such a well written episode. Is that a I, movie? I mean, uh, only murders in the building. Boy, no, it's <gasps> episode. A silent episode. Oh, yes, of course. I was such a fan of that. That was my like favorite episode of any series that year. And sometimes the writing is just so amazing. And I think, listen, Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett fight. Yeah, accordingly. How, how do yeah. they, how do they decide? I, mean, I think it's what we were saying last week. Can you nominate later. them together? Yeah. But the, it is, it is an extraordinary. Sh- like the show is doing so. I'm like, I'm scared about how many seasons this can go on for because I always get afraid of Walking Dead syndrome. Well, overseeing your welcome. enjoy it while it lasts. Ah. All right. <laughs> so, who do we have this week? We have uh, a three namer, Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh. And then a two namer, Joel Crawford, the director of Puss in Boots. The love Last Puss in Boots. Yay. I love Puss in Boots also. I also love everything everywhere all at once. I yeah. did not expect mm-hmm. the Apocalypse Now homage in Puss in Boots. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't expect that movie just because I, I, I said this to Joel before. I haven't liked a single Shrek spinoff like since after Shrek 2. Like, I Weirdly, just, I think it's Shrek 4. Actually, it has some really funny stuff in really? it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they just all like kind of blend together. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. whatever. But I thoroughly enjoyed Puss This was so Puss good. This one. And it's a different yeah. style. It's very, it looks yeah. so pretty. The, the, oh, God, and John Mulaney as the villain. Oh, so good. All right. On that note, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. After the break, 
first-time Oscar nominee, Jamie Lee Curtis. From Los Angeles, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. Finally, Jamie Lee Curtis is an Oscar-nominated actress, and Michelle Yeoh is the reason. At least that's what Jamie Lee Curtis tells Variety. Written, directed, and produced by Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, better known as The Daniels, Everything Everywhere All at Once tells the charming tale of Evelyn, a Chinese laundromat owner's quest to save the multiverse and her family. In the A24 movie, Curtis plays Deirdre Bobirdra, an IRS inspector who is also represented in various multiverses. What did my silly husband say to you? He told me about your situation. I remembered when my husband served me papers. I drove his Kia Forte through my neighbor's kitchen. Huh. You know what I say? It's cold, unlovable bitches like us. Make the world go round. Play something for me. That's not true. You're not unlovable. You're not unlovable. What are you talking about? There is always something to love. Even in a stupid, stupid universe where we have hot dogs for fingers, we get very good with our feet. The film has been nominated for 11 Oscars. Best Picture, Director, Actress for Michelle Yeoh, who makes her the second Asian woman ever nominated for Lead Actress, Supporting Actor for Kiyu Kwan, two for Supporting Actress, Jamie Lee Curtis and Stephanie Hsu, as well as Original Screenplay, Costumes, Editing, original score, and original song. It's the most nominated film of the year. At age 64, Curtis is raw, unassuming, and undeniably grateful for this time in her life and the five decades that have preceded it. The daughter of two Oscar-nominated actors, Tony Curtis and Janet Lee, and the wife of the brilliant British comedian and filmmaker, Christopher Guest, Curtis opens up about receiving her first Oscar nomination for her performance as Deirdre in Everything Everywhere All at Once. I recently sat down with Curtis, who discussed thinking about her parents when she heard her name called on Oscar nomination morning, as well as her five decades in the Hollywood industry that will also include two upcoming Amazon series that are currently in development. She starts off by sharing her affection for the entertainment biz. I love all of it. And I love the promotion of it. Mm-hmm. I understand it's a business. Yeah. You can't do the job we do without you, the listener or the watcher or the buyer of the content, yeah. the partnership between media and art. It It is a partnership. And by the way, I love when I read that an actor or a director says they don't do press. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, mm. because I promise you, they do. 
when the project that they really want to get、mm. out to the world requires them doing the New York Times, whatever yeah, it is,、yeah. it's it's a posturing. Of some sort of separation of church and state,、yeah. that one is art and one is commerce and advertising, and the bullshit of it is that we are all in this together. We cannot exist without you. You cannot exist without us.、Yeah. That makes us partners,、mm -hmm. and that's where the show and the business come together. Which is why I like to call it show off business.、Mm -hmm. But it is, I am raised by. That ethic. My mother, who came from nothing, and was the luckiest girl in the world, who wrote a book called "There Really Was a Hollywood," because that was her life story.、Yeah. They were not given the option of participating in the press release. They used to go on trains across the country、yeah. and do whistle stops. To promote their films, so I was raised with that ethic,、yeah. and it has continued for me in whatever it is I do. And I only now rule social media because it's a promotional tool. Yeah, I don't share my deep interpersonal thoughts with the world. I know how to use the tool to promote things I care about. You adapt it to the times, and a lot of people seem that they're above it. And I, I, you just a, a quite a mic drop. I think we're done now because like that needs to get out there. Like we are partners in this. You know, it's okay to love movies as we do, and it's okay for you to want people to go see your movies. By the way, you're probably a bigger cinephile than I am. <laughs> I love movies. Yeah. I'm lucky. I'm married to Christopher Guest, who has a a deep love of movies and a deep history of、yeah. movies, and is a particularly intellectual man who provides me. Have you seen this? No. Oh, you need to see this.、Mm -hmm. I didn't go to film school.、Yeah. I barely got. A, I barely got out of high school,、yeah. let alone a film <laughs> school. And I'm a movie fan, but I'm not a movie historian. I'm not. Deeply rooted in the history of cinema, I'm a movie appreciator. Yeah, The Godfather is the greatest movie ever made. Done. Can, I can go like, home now.、Yeah. Godfather one and two. Should we say anything more?、Yeah. Why do I need to know anything? I've seen、um, the French Wave, and it sort of confounds me.、Mm. I, it doesn't. In, in my world, I appreciate it. I appreciate many aspects of it. But it doesn't rock my world, and it's not a requirement for you to work in this business. There is、neither. no requirement.、Yeah. The beauty is,、yeah. there's no requirement. There is no prerequisite to be in this business. Hustle, talent, timing, hard work. Yeah. Boom. And figure it out if you have. The acumen of、uh, a film degree and a history of film—does that help you? Of course,、mm. but it's not the requirement. It's a—it's about something coming alive on the screen, and I don't think you can teach that. Yeah, and I think you can either do it or you can't. I will tell you this: I've never had acting classes, but when I first became an actress, everybody else was saying, "Well, you have to have acting coaches and acting classes," and I was like. 
okay. And there was a man named Alan Rich. He um, um, was an actor. He's gone now, but Mm -hmm. he was an actor, but he was also an acting coach. A lot of people really loved him. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I said, oh, okay. And I remember I called him and made an appointment with him. And I went to his house. It was at his personal home. And I remember sitting in the living room with him. And we read a scene from something. I don't remember what it was. He, He said, let's just read the scene. And we read the scene. And... I am telling you, as I am sitting here on this beautiful day in the City of Angels, Mm -hmm. he looked at me and he went, okay, so you know how to act. You know how to be someone else. So you don't need me. What you need is to expand your vocabulary. Mm -hmm. You need to watch movies. You need to listen to music. You need to listen to opera. You need to go to museums. You need to read You need to expand your choices that you will make as an actor because you can only make the choices you make based on what you have been exposed to. You need to expose yourself to art. And that's what you need to do. And that's what I've done. Yeah. Done it very well, by the way. Thank you. But I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying that I have friends of mine who work intricately with their coaches. I have friends of mine who have lost their acting teachers who mourn the loss of that connection, that that work between them gave them such a security to be able to go off and do this incredible work. Please do not think for one second I am saying anything opposing that. I'm saying for me, that was never the path. And one thing uh, that I want, and this is not something everyone agrees on, when I talk about diversity in Hollywood, you are- I'm the a, most diverse person you, you, in you, Hollywood. You, you are a symbol of that diversity <laughs> that I talk about here because in old guard Hollywood, women of a certain age are discarded. This year, we have, on top of women of color, Michelle Yeoh making history, love her, Stephanie Hsu, Kiyu Kwan- all great. You are part of that because to see someone 25 years old be nominated for supporting actress after this, after all this time, we don't see that very often. We don't see Hollywood except, especially in, in genre films that are comedies. Mm-hmm. There have been, everything's very highbrow. Oscars have been, you know, it's what's, what's drama, you know, comedies are harder to do than dramatic uh, acting. I, some of your, when I think of Jamie Lee Curtis, obviously a lot of people will say Halloween. I go to True Lies. Mm-hmm. I go to A Fish Called Wanda. Like trading places, like those are my Jamie Lee Curtises. Mm-hmm. And you're part of that. What have you seen in this now being on the award circuit for the first time? What have you seen different in Hollywood now versus when you did start? So we are in the season of shiny things. Yep. <laughs> and it's interesting because with my everything family that you who you just mentioned so many of that include of course our directors mm. and all the other actors in the movie James Hong, hello yeah. my boyfriend. <laughs> Again, I'm not flirting. Yeah. I mean, it was a perfectly above board yeah. 
it was a perfectly above the waist relationship. Yeah. We had a perfectly good time, yeah. but we had a like a you're, you're, definite. Everyone has, everyone has a work husband, work wife. It, it works. I, I I have a picture of James and I laying on the floor in Simi Valley in the um, office building that we shot. Both of us sort of relaxing our backs, mm-hmm. holding hands, just lying on the floor together. Um, so in the season of shiny things. Yeah. Um, it's a little different, um, and yet it's not different at all. Mm. I still love what I do. Yeah. Um, the movies you brought up, a couple of them were written for me. So True Lies was written for me by Jim Cameron um, after he had seen, I think, Trading Places, and he wrote no, excuse me. It was after A Fish Called Wanda, which was also written for me by the writer. So I've had this blessing where a couple people have seen something that I'm not even sure I saw. Mm. Um, I did a TV series uh, back in the day, and John Ritter was one of the producers. And when we were doing one of the auditions for one of the actors where the scene was me and him and him sort of pressing himself uh, in my office and me kind of going back over the desk and trying to keep him away and the push-me-pull-you of a romantic encounter, um, John Ritter walked up to me uh, after the actor left the room and whispered in my ear, you have really funny legs. And... I can tell you right now that the performance in True Lies is because John Ritter told me it's okay. You have funny legs. Go for it. So I'm I'm not sure any of that is me knowing that about myself. Uh, it, I've had the good fortune of having some people come along and say, you, you, over there, you. Yeah. Um, the Daniels didn't write Deirdre Bobeirdre for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was cast in the role. But I've had that experience a couple times. And that has given me confidence. Um, and then the pleasure is that then those movies were successful. And then that kind of just kind of, it, it gave me a little more confidence. But I, I, I am, I am still, I, I'm going to tell you right here sitting today, I'm an unemployed actor. Mm-hmm. I do not have a job today. I do not have a contracted job as an actor today. And that has been – so you know how everybody talks about freelance work? Yeah. Well, I'm a freelance actor, which means I'm an unemployed actor. Yeah. And 99% of the freelance actors out there. And the other thing I will tell you is that the first job I ever got, I wasn't going to be an actor. I was going to be a police officer. And I was in college and I came home Mm. from college at Christmas and I ran into someone who managed actors who used to be a tennis teacher named Chuck Binder. And he said, you know, Jamie, they're looking for Nancy Drew at Universal. You should go up for it. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. And I went up for it. Didn't get it. But something happened. Mm -hmm. Somebody said something. And I decided to take a month off from college. It's too long of a story. Mm. And... In that month, I ended up signing a seven-year contract with Universal Studios. Quit college because I was had no business in college, yeah. zero business in college. And that's how my life began. So I am an 
untrained, unplanned actor. And all of the work that has happened for me has happened a bit by accident. And there's a book, I talk about it all the time. Poor Marisha Pessel is going to either sue me or thank me because maybe we sell some books. There's a book called Special Topics in Calamity Physics. Mm -hmm. It's a novel, terrific novel, a mystery novel. But in the middle of it, she's talking about life and how you approach your life, your business, what we think are the determining factors. You know, first job, starting salary, who you marry, blah, blah, blah. And she says it isn't. Quote, life hinges on a couple seconds you never see coming. And what you do in those seconds determines everything from then on. And you won't know what you're going to do until you're there. That is my life. I was going to college. The next thing I knew, I was under contract at Universal. I got fired. I was on a TV show. Mm -hmm. I got fired from the TV show. I thought my life was over. Had I not been fired from the TV show, I would not have auditioned for Halloween, a movie that then ultimately changed the course of my life. Every single part of my life, I can link to that happening. That one Meeting Christopher Guest, seeing his picture in a magazine, saying, I'm going to marry him, leaving my number with his agent, him not calling me, Mm -hmm. dating someone else, going to a restaurant. Chris is sitting there. He calls me the next day. We got married four months later, 38 years ago. Life hinged on a couple seconds I didn't see coming. That has been my life. That is my artistic So his agent did give him the phone number. Yes, but he's shy and he he didn't call me. But he kept it. Oh, he kept it. Mm-hmm. He was wait. He was waiting. But he wasn't waiting. He's yeah. just shy. Or, or life was waiting. Uh, what? What I'm saying is, I am sitting here with you. My feet are on the ground. Yep. I am looking right into your milk dud eyes, and we're talking about me as a nominee to the Academy Awards for a movie I did three years ago in Simi Valley, California. Life is hinging on a couple seconds I never saw coming. Yeah. Well, that is uh, deeply profound. And now it's making me rethink a lot of things. But but, but it's it's ultimately, and I'm going to include something. I got a call one day. I had a child at home. I was not getting movies. Mm. I was not getting a TV show. I wanted to stay in Los Angeles. I had a new baby. And I got offered commercials to sell yogurt that makes you poop. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody, my agents, my friends were like, Jamie, you can't do that. And I'm like, really? It's a two-year contract of substantial fee, <laughs> and I get to stay home. So guess what? I'm going to do commercials for Activia yogurt, mm-hmm. which I did proudly. My point is, I'm sitting here with you talking about an Academy Award nomination for a little, tiny, independent movie about an immigrant family and the failure of the American dream and the disillusionment of their marriage and the fracture of their family because their daughter was gay and the family couldn't accept it. And through the multiverse... Mm -hmm. That reunification happens, the reconnection between husbands and wives, children and parents. 
women coming together, supporting each other. It's a movie that is transformative. How is that possible mm. that I'm sitting here on the shoulders of Deirdre Bobirdra? Mm. That she's going to the Oscars with me. Yeah. The Deirdre's taken me to the Oscars is so delightful. Yeah. Oh, that's it's incredible. Uh in in speaking with some of your castmates over the last few months, um and looking through social media. Uh-oh. I, I am looking to Careful the, the, social media. I know it's not a good place to have a conversation, but I'm looking to devise a plan. And I would love to know if you would jump on this with me to politely ask the Daniels if they would be willing to create a we'll call a spin-off everything everywhere series of the hot dog fingers universe that has you and Michelle Yeoh. No, exploring there will be no, that. there will be no, you, wouldn't, you know what? Uh, we already explored it. I, I, we, I know, but we did it all. We did it. Okay. We did it all wordlessly in about a 45 second montage. Yeah. You saw it all. You saw the love, you saw the connection, you saw the fracture, you saw the pain of the breakup. Yeah. You saw the rage. The entire relationship is perfect, perfectly intact in a wordless, improvised montage. Jamie Lee Curtis tells you no, you have to accept it. I, accept I, it. I, I accept it. Even though Stephanie Hsu did say that the rock universe, she would totally watch a entire silent film of two rocks just having a conversation. But we would never need to. But we wouldn't need to. You know why? Because that sequence is perfect. Because is. where it comes in the movie is a moment of such pain and shock. And then it's that... The scene that makes you cry. Yep. Stillness. Yep. And at first there's no sound. It's just... It's so genius. And that there aren't voices. And that it's... In fact, I believe when you speak to Michelle Yeoh, you probably already have. Not yet. Soon. 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 Okay. I'm just going to let you know. Michelle Yeoh is the reason that I am sitting at this desk. Michelle Yeoh is the reason that for the rest of my life, you will say Oscar-nominated actress Jamie Lee Curtis. Michelle Yeoh is the reason that is happening. Because when my agent called me and said, Jam, there's this movie, the Daniels, I knew the Daniels, um, and he said, it stars Michelle Yeoh and you would play her nemesis. And I said, I'll do it. He said, well, no, no, Jamie, you need to read this. It's out there a little. I said, I'll do it. Michelle Yeoh. Michelle Yeoh, but the reason I brought Michelle Yeoh up, I believe originally it was going to be voiceover, the rock universe. Mm. And I think Michelle Yeoh was the one who said, no, it should be subtitled. It should be silent. You shouldn't hear their voices. Fuck, fuck. Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, come on. So yeah. I, 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 Michelle Yeoh. The Church of Michelle Yeoh is the a good, church it's a, it's a good church. of Michelle Yeoh is a beautiful, um. Praise and worship. And by location. the way, um, 
no one is having a better time than Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. My final question for you, and this wasn't uh, nepotism, just having a variety magazine here uh, sitting in front of us today. Uh, cause I wanted to ask you, cause I'm, I, I know you, you spoke about it on social media, but we did our hundred greatest movies issue. And on the cover of that issue oh, was, I know, I know, I know, was your mother. Psycho was named the greatest film I ever know. made by Variety. And wow. everything about you, you've been speaking about it today. Everything predating even you starting inside of that woman is why you're sitting here today. And I just wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about the, the legacy of her to you now. She loved, loved her life. She loved it. She loved being Janet Lee. She loved Tony Curtis loved being Tony Curtis. Yeah. They both came from such hard beginnings, tragic, impoverished beginnings, to both reach the heights that they did in their careers. And they were the first people I thought of. The second my name was called, they popped into my head. Both of them were nominated for Oscars, and I was aware of that. Um, I have looked at their careers as these incredible things. I'm chop wood, carry water girl. I'm in the, I'm a get your hands and feet dirty kind of girl. I am in the grit of my life. I don't look at the season of shiny things and the, the, uh, there are some beautiful pictures taken of me by fantastic photographers and great makeup artists and stylists. And do you know what I mean? And yes, there's some beautiful imagery of me. I don't feel that way. I am a realist. I am a, I'm a realist in every way. I look in the mirror, I see what I look like and I look like me. They both had a different, they both had that golden age of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And therefore, I always felt that their careers were impossible to even come near. And when they called my name that day, all of a sudden, my parents became my colleagues. Mm -hmm. And it evened it all out a little. And it made me realize that I bought the same bullshit of the golden age, because it wasn't a golden age. It was just hard work, hustle, heartbreak, alcoholism, drug addiction, betrayal, infidelity, violence, great fortune, miracle moments, and that my mother ended up in a movie that became the number one movie on your variety list. And her f- image on the cover of the magazine, it, that little movie that they made with Alfred Hitchcock, I don't think anybody making that movie was going to go, hmm, I bet you in 2023, <laughs> they're going to say it was the greatest movie ever made. They were hustling. Yeah. It was hard to make 
And in the same way that everything everywhere all at once is this not only creative experience, not only this critical experience, but the universe of people have gone over and over and over to see it in theaters. And that I now get to go to the big party and be among, I've been on these panels with the other nominees and I've gotten to know them all. Like I met Hong Chow the other day on a Zoom and she had a young baby right before she made the whale. And I, I, we talked about, I made a fish called Wanda when my daughter was six months old and all I did was cry all day because I felt guilty because I had this beautiful baby and yet I was having this incredible creative experience and how do you do it? And so I just, it's a beautiful continuum of creativity, hustle, luck, and that completely indef- undefinable, indefinable. I say I barely got out of high school. Which two, is it? Two, two words. We we did it. Which is it? Uh, un, undefinable. 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 Sounds right. Let's go with that. We're gonna go undefinable. with that. Undefinable. We're gonna go with that. You've created. Uh, by work- the way, I've taken a poll of everybody in the room <laughs> yeah. here, but it's that <laughs> undefinable part of it. Yeah. That ma- that special magic sauce. I don't know what it is. I'll never know what it is. I'll never understand. Never understand why I'm sitting here with you. Yeah. I could never quantify it and kind of find the beginning of that thread. All I know is that it's. I am wide open for it. And I'm just so happy. I'm having a wonderful, wonderful time. That's Jamie Lee Curtis, Oscar nominee for the film Everything Everywhere All at Once, now streaming on Showtime and available elsewhere for rent or purchase. The Cat is Back. Antonio Banderas' voice Puss in Boots, which originally hailed from the Shrek movies and 2011's Puss in Boots, is an Oscar nominee. Now, 12 years later, Puss in Boots' The Last Wish is the film that tells the story of the hero slash outlaw as he realizes he's on the last of his nine lives and treks into the dark forest to locate a mystical wishing star to restore his lifespan. The voice cast also includes Wagner Mora, Salma Hayek, Harvey Guillen, Florence Pugh, Olivia Coleman, Ray Winstone, and John Mulaney, an incredible ensemble. Variety's Award Circuit podcast recently talked with director Joel Crawford about the film, which is up for an Oscar in the Best Animated Feature category. We began by talking about the message of the movie. One of the interesting things as we kind of set out to to tell this story, this absurd story of a, a cat on his ninth life, yeah. was how human and how real all the emotions became mm. as we was like when we were making the movie and we're like trying to connect this idea like the that this this movie is uh, on the surface it's a fairy tale about puss in boots being yeah. on his last life but underneath it all it's a message for all of us as human beings yeah that we get one life and it's special and who you spend it with is really important and as we we're trying to figure out how do you land 
that message in something that is a with with um with good rights is a comedy because it's it's a part of the Shrek yeah. world. It's part of the first Puss in Boots, which is like it's funny and it's gotta be funny and I love comedies. But how do you go through a range of emotions that will not just go, oh I got I see that they told me that message. But yeah. to make an audience feel the journey of appreciating our own lives. And mm -hmm. that's something we discovered as we were going through it. We're like we kick off the movie with joy. Yeah. You know, Puss is fighting a giant. He's singing a song about himself. It's like, <laughs> yep. and, and you, you have like this, it's just, it's just fun. Puss is back and you're like, wow, this guy is, is so entertaining in all his egotistical actions. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, and then even when he's recounting his lives with the doctor of like the past lives, mm -hmm. there, there's like fun music playing and you're kind of enjoying how cavalier he was yep. with all his lives. And then we get to the wolf. Yeah. And this wolf enters the movie. Who's terrifying, by the way. Who is it's, terrifying. It's terrifying. And, and, and I think that was a discovery for us of like the movie doesn't really start until mm. that wolf shows up where that yeah. really kicks off. Like it's joy and then fear just hits puss hard. Okay. But I think it also shocks the audience of like, whoa, I didn't, I didn't know we were going here. Yeah. And I think there's something to where – now you're taking this fairy tale seriously. Yeah. And being able to go then, I think that allows you to, to lean in and go, oh, this, there, there's, there's real stakes. Yeah. And then going to different emotions throughout the movie of like exploring trust and vulnerability, hope, and then ending with like this gratitude for not only life, but like who's in it. And yeah. so it, it was, it's been a fun, um, Ride discovering how to how to tell this story. You know? That's awesome. Um, I have to give you the opportunity to explain what I can't say uh, well sometimes, uh, and what I bang the drum uh, a lot about when it comes to animation is that I think there's this perception in the industry or regular people that directing an animated movie is standing behind an animator and say draw that, and that's not <laughs> how animators direct. So, um, and it's been such a kind of a very frustrating thing to like have to explain. Like, I remember, uh, I, you know, I do my own personal list and awards every year. I remember the year of Toy Story 3. Uh, I had Lee, uh, Unkrich on my, mm -hmm. on my list for best director, and people were like, like, how, how do you have an animated director there? I'm like, actually, there's a lot, like, there's, yeah. there's tone, there's like, there, can you please explain why that job? is an actual job in this industry because DGA, that's a whole other issue we're going to get into about yeah. how they see animated animation uh, directors. I, and I, and I, I'm so glad you're, you're bringing it up yeah. because I get the question all the time. Like how is, what do you do as a, you know, a, a director in animation? And it's, it's funny because it's, it's the same goal where you have this, this vision as a director, mm -hmm. you're like, this is the, this is the story we're going to tell. Mm -hmm. These are the characters we're going to tell it with. And you, you, you have the script just like you have in live action. We, we even storyboard things out to like figuring out where the camera is, but there, there is something that is different where you don't have the moment on set where the actors are in the moment with each other. 
the the sets have been built the the lighting has been set up and you're creating like that that is all kind of happening in one moment that you're you're <coughs> filming mm-hmm. um you're essentially capturing a moment when you're directing animation but it's over the course of different departments mm-hmm. and it's challenging in a way to as a director go I'm going to make this feel like a moment that when the audience is watching, it feels spontaneous. It feels real. Everything about it feels like it's being filmed. Yeah. Um, but you have to build that set yeah. in, in a separate department. You have to then work with, I mean, I think there's, it's interesting with the actors because you have amazing, especially on Puss in Boots, we have mm-hmm. amazing voice actors in like, Antonio Banderas and some like all um, these up and comers in the and, industry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Yeah, I know it just keeps yeah, going. They're, they're going to go places, um, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> we gave them a shot. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but the there, it's like the, we have the script. They come in, and we don't just stop at the script. Much mm-hmm. like live action director would go, we're on the, on the day of shooting. It's like let's improvise. Let's yeah. find it. Let's let's. Let's improve it because we can feel the moment. So you're feeling that moment with the actors, a lot of times separate, Mm -hmm. and you're trying to create and keep in your head the rhythm that these two actors will have. And then when you get to animation, you have you have another opportunity to find the moment, Mm -hmm. and it's 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 in a way it's the same same jobs a director is doing, Mm -hmm. um, but that's why animated movies even take. You know, longer, yeah, <laughs> years to make yep. because you're you're having to create that moment over the course of a, a long period, um, and it, it all of the all of the skills that it takes to be a live action director are the same to for an animation director because you're you study story structure, you study cinematography. I came from storyboarding, yeah. Um, and studied animation to know how to emote how to how to I studied animation to to learn how to capture human emotions mm-hmm. um and and so it's this process that for me i I equate to um improv yeah um i when I was at calarts as a as a student i like when you're a story artist, your your job is to understand how to shoot a scene, but also you're kind of creating, like you're pitching a scene. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was really nervous and I was like, I asked my story teacher, like, you got to stand up in front of the class and pitch a story. And I felt like I could draw it, but I couldn't perform it. And I said, how do I get better at this? She goes, go down to Groundlings over the summer mm-hmm. and, and take an improv class. And I did it. I, I went down there and I was with a, a room full of actors who were, who were, you know, taking this class for, for their craft. Wait, are you about uh, to announce that you're going to be hosting SNL or joining the cast of SNL soon? I, yeah. You know, that is, okay. That is it's the, out. It's okay, out. All right, good. Breaking news. <laughs> Joe Crawford is stepping into the place where Kristen Wiig and all those greats were, were found. That, that's, that's incredible. That's incredible that they put that, that you get that recommendation because there's this, 
I remember having a conversation with the director. Uh, I won't name drop them right now because this is something very not <laughs> cool. But I was, I was talking to them about animation in particular. And I said, you know, could we ever see an animated film win Best Picture? And they had told me no. And I said, well, why not? They said, well, let me ask you something. And I was also talking, talking to them about documentaries. So I was like, can we get a documentary into Best Picture? Talking about all those uh, various mediums. And they go to me, well, can those compete in every category like a narrative feature? And then I was like, well, in theory, yes. I was like, you can nominate uh, animated film and production design and costume design and cinematography and comment on the editing. He's like, well, how, how do you do makeup? And I was like. I that's, mean, yeah, go ahead, please. I, that's interesting because, I mean, take let's take uh, costume design and makeup. Mm-hmm. When you, like, and I'll take Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Perfect um, example, yes. Goldilocks, um, Florence Pugh captured this this kind of, as she she calls it, like a pixie pirate. <laughs> mm. um, this, this, like, this kind of rough around the edges, but fairy tale kind of princess aspirational feel. Mm-hmm. Um the design of Goldie, the the kind of layered storytelling in it is her her hair her her buns look as if they're they're bare ears. Yep. Um, her dress is this thing where in the story, a little spoiler if you haven't seen the movie, but she as an orphan she she ran away from the orphanage and came across the bears mm-hmm. as a young girl, and she was wearing this this kind of princess dress. She grew that dress didn't, and at the beginning of the movie, it's this colorful, um, you know, blue and red, and mm-hmm. all the it's, it's got the kind of the rainbow of, of colors of a, a princess dress. Over the course of the movie, as Goldie learns to appreciate her family mm-hmm. that are bears, not humans, and realize they're the right family for her, over the course of the movie, that dress gets dirtier. By the end of the movie, she hugs her family, realizing they are a family, no matter what they look like. And she is caked in mud. Mm-hmm. Her dress is brown. And those are the choices that someone who's doing surfacing, mm-hmm. someone who's doing character design are all folding into. That's costume design. That's the same Hence the word narrative. costume design, not – Sewing, not, you know, yes. threading. It's costume design, you know, makeup and hair styling, styling, synonym for design as far as I'm concerned. And one thing I threw in their face, my rebuttal to them was, all right, um, No Country for Old Men won Best Picture and has no score in it. So I guess you can't have that movie win – Best picture now because it can't compete in every category. Like, they, like, <laughs> like we we put these these barriers on film that drives me nuts, and I it even it drives me more nuts when I hear people in the industry do that because you came here to thinking that you were going to redefine the, and do something new and fresh, but you want everything to remain status quo. So it, it becomes like talking out of both. That's yeah. your mouth, you know, and and just hearing that sh- showed me that you know we do have a ways to go, but this year proves that we are making strides there because of the makeup of the animated feature category. 
10, 10 years ago, man, I'll be honest. I don't know if I'd be sitting here with you right now as a nominee <laughs> because that because of the way the the branch would vote and the what kind of films they were, you know, they they, they had, had a look and feel a certain way and and all those they but now there's an expansion of ideas and it's, yeah. and it's great to see. Well, and and I think that's I mean that's I've always loved film you know as as a kid where it, it it's the, the amazing thing of film is like it's it's using sound and picture. But that surprise us. It's it's not the same stories. I mean, look at everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, what? Am I seriously crying? Yep. To subtitles to two rocks talking right now. <laughs> yep. Like they, like saying breaking out of the boxes is what like films are supposed to do. Yep. And yeah, the nature of putting them into a box and going animation can only tell these stories, um, or shouldn't be considered as. I mean. It's funny because um, people um, have been noticing a lot of the visual storytelling, even unconscious that that the co-director and I put mm-hmm. into into the movie as we we're telling it. Yeah, um, yeah I remember at, uh, reading uh, Bruce Block's uh, visual storytelling mm-hmm. um, it, when I was in at Cal Arts, and I was like, "Man, that's that's so cool that you're you're telling a narrative, mm-hmm. um, but you're." There's the conscious and there's like just there's symbolism. There's there's uh, visual things that the audience will feel, yeah, but won't know their won't think about it. Um, you know, people pick out that the wolf is actually in the crowd when Puss is fighting the giant okay. minutes before we actually meet the wolf. Um, that as he reveals again, spoiler. <laughs> um, if that he he was there for every single death of puss like putting the love and care into going this is we're we're putting the same like reality into this as a live action director would yeah um the there's things where like the the bell tolls mm-hmm. eight times yep. as it's being swung around all these things that are like layers that are intended to just to feel the journey of the movie more that's Oscar-nominated filmmaker Joel Crawford from the Oscar-nominated animated feature Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, now out in theaters. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Zach Levin edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. So be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, Head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest awards predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis, and we'll see you on the circuit. Circuit.